This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straight away into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Green. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rule. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on a April 20th. Looking into a weekend where there should definitely have been some racing action going on. But, as we like to say, at this point, it is what it is. So we'll take what we got and let's take a look now at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR officials announced that upcoming events at Martinsville Speedway on May 8th through May 9th have been canceled. This comes on the heels of the announcement uh, as they originally became in question when Virginia Governor uh, Ralph Northam announced a stay-at-home order that ran through June 10th. The rest of the event on the schedule is, or I should say the next event on the schedule is May 16th. And again, the Martinsville dates have been postponed. Bobby Lazier, the 1981 CART Rookie of the Year and father of 1996 Indy 500 champion, Buddy Lazier, has uh, died at the age of 81. Bob was uh, one of the drivers who made starts in the SCCA. Uh, he also had time behind the wheel in Formula 5000 and USAC Mini Indy Series. Elsewhere, the Ontario-based APC United Late Model Series has already canceled their season opener at Sunset Speedway next month with the rest of the 2020 schedule uncertain at this juncture. In the meantime, APC has done what countless other series around the world have done and joined the eSports community with races of their own. Speaking of eSports, William Byron made winning his second straight eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series race seem like a cakewalk on Sunday. Byron uh, passed pole sitter Ryan Priest on lap 60 of the Toyota Owners 150 on his way to the win over iRacing rival Timmy Hill. That and so much more going on during this week's edition of Horsepower Happenings. Welcome in. Uh, glad to be with you. I'm Zach Heiser. And uh, my buddy Rich calls in on the phone this, uh, not on the phone, rather. He he does the uh, the, the FaceTime in or the video conference in. Rich, uh, welcome into the show. How you doing this week, Zach? Everything going okay? Yeah, we're getting, we're getting by, man. Just uh, itching and ready to go. And uh, Rich, we understand... Um, as we get things started, some sad news coming out of the uh, Flat Rock camp this week. Yeah, Zach, I need to take a moment um, and really send out some condolences to the family and friends of Brian Phillips. Now, Brian passed away uh, yesterday after succumbing to complications in his battle with COVID-19. 
Uh, Ryan was a friend of mine and a regular attendee at Flat Rock and Toledo Speedways with his longtime friend, Ralph Young. Uh, Ralph was the crew chief for Benny Parsons, and Brian was also a crew member on the ARCA team that won the 1969 ARCA championship. So uh, these guys have been coming to Flat Rock and Toledo for many, many years together. Uh, Brian was also a longtime supporter and contributor to the racers reunions that we hold at Flat Rock and Toledo Speedway uh, each year. Um, so, uh, you know, I was kind of praying that this virus wouldn't hit close to home, Zach. Uh, it was kind of keeping its distance, but uh, I think that was kind of wishful thinking. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to Brian's family and, and all the people who had to know Brian. Um, he surely will be missed. And uh, Zach, buddy, how about some good news? You got any of that? That's uh that's some bad stuff. Give me some good news. Give yeah, me something. Yeah, you know, we talked about this last week. We kind of started uh, with our interview with Luke Hubble. He kind of broke this news during last week's show. And that is that uh, through the work of Hubco, uh, they're going to be working to uh, kind of uh, give back to the community, if you will. And now when we talked to him on the show last week, Rich, um, we talked about the fact that he and, uh, you know, just him going to be making these um adapters if you will right these hubco hub adapters and uh, rich we learned last week that he was going to be donating 20 percent of the sales of those items to a local food bank well after the show he announced that it's going to be ccom resource center in grand rapids who will be getting those uh, those proceeds uh, the donations will run through the end of the month of april now if you're an iRacer racer uh, who wants to have more of a real feel or maybe you're a racer who wants to have more of that real feel on their iRacing setup, uh, you can get these Hubco quick release, uh, quick disconnect hubs from Luke Hubble and Hubco um, very easily. Just contact him on Facebook or uh, give him a call and uh, he'll get you hooked up. So, uh, Rich, there you go. Uh, Luke Hubble and uh, Hubco working to uh, try to make the community a little bit better with uh, a percentage of sales being donated. How's that? Yeah, that's that's cool. You know, we got we got to talk to him last week and really stand up guy. Luke's not trying to make money on this deal. He's just trying to trying to he enjoys what he does. He's an engineering student. So he and uh, if he can help some people out in the process, uh, you know, all the better. Absolutely. Now, uh, just announced today, Anderson Speedway officials uh, decided that the 70, 72nd annual Payless Little 500 presented by UAW has been rescheduled for Saturday night. September 5th, 2020. All events scheduled for Memorial Day weekend regarding the Payless Little 500 are being moved to Labor Day weekend. Uh, after exhaustive conversations with sponsors, teams, fans, it became apparent that even though the country may be evolving in a positive manner, which we surely don't know yet, um, that it made it difficult for everybody else to make that event work for them. So uh, they're going to move that. Uh, also, the racing program scheduled for May 2nd has been canceled at Anderson, and the Mel Kenyon Midgets, originally scheduled for May 2nd, have been moved to June 9th. So a rescheduled date for the musty racing wing sprints has not been yet secured at this time. Well, as we continue to look through what's going on, uh, I think we're going to find that this is going to be a theme, but... Um, you know, as we move forward, we hope that this next story will be a theme, and that's that racing action set to happen 
in South Dakota. 27 410 sprint car drivers have pre-entered for Saturday's Open Wheel Nationals from Park Jefferson International Speedway, the event being promoted by Front Row Challenge Enterprises and uh, serves as the tentative return to major sprint car racing for the first time since March. Among the big names on the pre-entry list are multi-time All-Star Circuit of Champions titleist Aaron Reitzel, brothers Ian and Kerry Madsen, as well as Lucas Oil ASCS National Tour Championship runner-up Blake Hahn. Also, a total of 32 teams uh, will be permitted to run the event. Now, uh, they haven't met that quota yet, but that 32-team kind of cap is due to the social distancing uh, and uh, the uh, the wish to keep that uh, in mind as we try to get back to the races. Um, also, IMCA Modifieds will be on the docket as well. They will have 32 uh, entries allowed and rich, already full on the IMCA Modified side of things. Road trip, Zach, road trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't know. South Dakota. We'll see if we can get it done uh, to, to get out I'm there. Driving. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Hey, you know, as we talk about good news, I call this good news, Rich, with us being able to, you know, see a racetrack kind of get back into action. I think the question will be if they can be successful at keeping the social distancing, we'll find out what happens. But speaking of good news, preparing to embark on their 63rd season of asphalt racing, the historic Nashville Fairground Speedway just completed installation of all new LED stadium lining across the entire front edge of the massive canopy covering the main grandstands. Now, down the front stretch, fans will find 40 brand new fixtures. Uh, front straightaway lining was chosen to be the project starting point as it was identified as a trouble source linked to many other lining complications around the racetrack. Now, in the past seasons, officials have had to redirect lights from the turns and quarter mile to compensate for poor lighting on the main straightaway now with these new LEDs, the front stretch will properly be illuminated and officials can put those other lights back where they belong. Uh, the new lighting project is designed to not only enhance spectator viewing experience, but is also another measure toward the drive for a safer speedway initiated by Track Enterprises and D&D events. Now, uh, Rich, this ongoing upgrades to Nashville Fairgrounds uh, Speedway's facility is not going unnoticed. How about the retweet this week from uh, Hall of Fame NASCAR Hall of Fame nominee Dale Earnhardt Jr. He retweeted the story saying, "Quote: Whomever's taking care of that track is doing a great job. It looks pristine." So, how about that? High notes from uh, none other than uh, Dale Jr. himself. Exactly. That is, that is pretty cool. And you know, I know we've been hoping to uh, make our way down there at some point yes. this summer. We got a connection to get us down there. So. Um, yeah, they're really making some progress. Now's the time to do it because uh, when when they're ready and able to open up that racetrack, uh, I don't think they're going to wait. No, I don't think so either. And, uh, you know, it sounds like um, we may be getting a little bit more refined on when that opening date will be. Hopefully we'll be able to talk about that in more detail in the coming weeks. Now, talking about tracks that are planning on racing in the very near future, Rich France, uh, when it comes to Showtime Speedway, that guy is a showman, and he proved it again this week. He sure did, and, and I don't think he still knows when he's going to race, Zach, to be honest with you. Uh, on on its website and social media platform, Showtime Speedway in Pinellas Park, Florida, is promoting a COVID-19. That's that's just crazy. I, I, couldn't even, I can't even believe I got that out. But he, <laughs> you managed to say it, man. COVID-19 racing event. Um scheduled for this Friday, April 25th, featuring super late models as well as one-on-one -on -one match races. However, local officials say that the race will not be allowed to take place 
Showtime Speedway began promoting the event back on Monday, April 13th, promising an event featuring a 125-lap super late model feature. Fans would not be allowed on the premises, but would be able to watch the event via a pay-per-view broadcast. Then, in a, in a Facebook post Tuesday, Showtime Speedway owner Robert Yoho said the track would not be racing on April 25th due to the powers that may be. However, Yoho followed that up on Wednesday with a video saying that the fat lady hasn't sung yet. That sounds just like him. And that the April 25th date was back on the schedule. The only thing to stop us is a lockdown, Yoho stated. They've asked us to get it done by 8.30 or 9 p.m., so it would be an early pay-per-view. The Pinellas County Sheriff's Public Information Office stated that a captain with the Sheriff's Office made a physical visit to the Showtime Speedway property to inform the track that it would not be allowed to contest the race on April 25th. Yoho noted that in one of his videos that promoting the event that he should be allowed to promote the contest, Uh, due to the event that the state of Florida did allow the world wrestling, uh, entertainment WWE event that took place in Orlando a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pinellas County issued its own, uh, stay at home order. However, which trumps the state stay at home order, clarifying in further detail that it is not an essential business at this time. There is no order that would prevent the event from taking place. On the makeup date of May 2nd, stay tuned, Zach. Statewide uh, executive uh, stay-at-home order is scheduled to expire on April 30th. Well, I got to know, what do you think about this, Rich? Do you think that uh, he's got what it takes? Will he pull this off? Will he get this event in the books? Or uh, what, what, what are you seeing here? You've been down to Showtime Speedway, and I think you've had a chance as well to uh, talk to him in person. What, what, are, you, what are you feeling here? Yeah, I've met uh, I've met Robert Yoho uh, once when I w- went down there about a year, a little over a year ago, fourteen months ago, and um, boy, this is just like him. That's about all I can say. Um, I think it's like anywhere else. We need to be patient. It's going to happen eventually. Uh, let's not push this. It can cause you more problems than what it's worth, and we surely don't want something like this putting us behind the eight ball and not being able to do this uh, when we all want to do it. That's my opinion on it. Right. Um, yeah, no. But this guy does not run with the with the regular crowd. I'm telling you, he does his own thing. Right. And, uh, and he's working as hard as he can to get this showing. Well, and, uh, you know, maybe that's the silver lining there is that he is working as hard as he can to try to get this thing in the books. Well, on the other end of the spectrum is North Carolina's famous Bowman Gray Stadium, They had to announce its season would start with the Hayes Jewelers 200 on May 9th. On Sunday, the venue announced that uh, they will not, or that that rather would not be the case, as governing bodies still maintain their restrictions on mass gatherings. Bowman Gray Stadium has posted its season opener with no rescheduling rescheduling date at this time. Uh, They await further detail on when they will be allowed to host racing events. Along with North Carolina's stay-at-home order uh, effective through April 29th, the city of Winston-Salem has a stay-home order in place through Thursday, May 7th. That order was extended in the past week as it was previously set to expire on April 16th. Bowman Gray Stadium emphasized in the release that uh, they would adhere to any such governing statements and they do not plan 
to host racing events without fans in attendance, even if provided the opportunity to do so legally at a later date. And, Rich, uh, that kind of leads us in to our uh, next segment and uh, one that you take dearly to, and that's, of course, our Here's the Deal segment with you. Um, and uh, I think that this this segment and this topic is going to be uh, a real discussion piece for a lot of tracks and a lot of individuals over the coming weeks. And it already is. Um, you know, there's, there's not just oval tracks, but, uh, you know, a, there's drag strips trying to get in races and, and, and Zach, I, I have to, I have to admit, I, my opinion is we need to make sure that we're all there to go to the races when we get all these tracks back open. I personally have no problem with canceling these events right now. What are we going to miss? Mm-hmm. Really? If you, if you have to miss a month of the season or three, four, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks of the season, uh, that's well worth the price of the other end of the spectrum where you're fighting or trying to get an event, uh, whether you bring fans in or not, you're going to have race teams there. How do you social distance race teams? I haven't figured that part out yet. Sure. Um, most everybody brings three or four or 10 guys with them on a crew. Uh, how do you social distance them in a 12 by 20 foot pit area or 30 foot pit area? You can't do it. Um, you could go every other pit stall to separate the teams, but that's not separating everybody. So um, my, my personal opinion is I, I would rather just have us cancel these events, wait till it's safe. If we can put people in the grandstands, if they have to wear masks, I don't have a problem with that. I know they're not going to put 4,000 people in a, in a grandstand anytime soon. Right. There will be t- social distancing with that. But let's not ruffle the feathers of the authorities that are in charge Uh, Or you may not see a race for a very, very long time, and I'm saying 2021. Well, and here's what I'm looking at, and there's a lot of opinion, and there's a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of opinion, and there's very little facts right now. Um, But here's what I'm looking at, and that is the fact that life does have to go on eventually. Uh, This virus is going to be a part of our lives for the rest of eternity. And so at some point, we have to get back to life as the way we knew it. And uh, I think as long as everyone is kind of, uh, well, not kind of. You you have to do it 100%. Um, you have to take it into account that if you aren't comfortable going out, don't go out. Um, but here's something I want to talk about, Rich. What do you think about the possibility and the very real possibility of allowing the teams to come back, allowing the officials to come back, with the understanding that maybe there's going to be a team limit, right? So every team only gets uh, five to seven guys plus the driver. Um, and then, uh, you know, you bring in your officials. They understand social distancing. Do we get back to racing via pay-per-view? What, what are your thoughts on that? That's the problem we're going to have with pay-per-view is this, I don't think the short track, the small tracks, the local tracks can do it, Zach. The money's not there. Um, it takes a lot of money to open up even to open gates up, to get everything going, to get all the cars in. I mean, there you have to pay your officiating staff. Um, that that they're just it's just too expensive. So I don't think that can be properly done. What I go back to is my thought: if you do this once, and one person back in that pit area gets sick, catches it from somebody else, because they say now you can catch it and be asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. If you catch it, and God forbid somebody get sick or even worse it's done it's done because the, the, you can, they then it proves that you cannot do it 
And I don't want that to happen to that one person right. at, at an event that they're trying to put on just because we're in a hurry to go racing. I'm, I'm a race fan. I love racing as much as anybody. I, I'm not against it. But I still think, in my opinion, and it may be in the negative, we have to do this the right way. Sure. Well, you know, there are a lot of opinions. There are a lot of things that people are going to try to do. It's all going to be trial and error. I think we can agree on that. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully small amounts of error and uh, large amounts of successful trial. So uh, we have to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at what's going on around our state, around the state of Michigan. What are tracks doing? What have they kind of announced that they're doing? What's their plan? Um, Some of the plans, we we don't really know, but we're going to take a look at that and more coming up. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Horsepower Happenings, and we will be right back. Hello, race fans. This is Audra Hart, timing and scoring official for Motor City Racing Promotions. I hope you are all doing well during this COVID-19 outbreak. Please do what you can to abide by the stay-at-home and social distancing order so we will be able to get the 2020 racing season underway soon. Until then, keep listening to Horsepower Happenings. Stay home, stay safe. When the call sounds from race control. Hello, yellow, yellow, bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the week in motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, here's the deal. Racers know more now more than ever that money should be spent wisely. So insert Hubco Metal Fabrication. Racer-owned and operated, Luke Hubble knows the value of good quality products at a fair price. Right now, 24-inch pit lifts with a hydraulic pump start at just $875. Upgrades like powder coating, LED lights, and a waterproof pump cart are available. To place an order, simply find Hubco on Facebook or call 269-838-0029. This is Mike Bursley with ABR Development, and you're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you. Glad to have you along here on a uh, Monday evening. 
And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Rich, we, we have an interesting situation going on as we kind of have been talking about the last couple of weeks. The question remains, what are we going to do here in the state of Michigan? And uh, right now, still a lot of question marks up in the air here in the good old mitten. Yeah, absolutely, Zach. Now, we, I, I, about a week or so ago, uh, I went through and, and really tried to get all the information I could from as many tracks as I could uh, to find out any schedule adjustments. And, um, you know, we can start out with this one. And just because that was the one I had on my list because I work there as well. Yeah. Uh, Flat Rock Speedway has canceled all events in all entree activity through May 2nd. So obviously that took out uh, the one we were waiting on, the Motor City 200, that was going to happen this weekend. So the Motor City 200 has been canceled. So has been opening night May 2nd at the Flat Rock Speedway. Uh, That will not be made up. As for Toledo Speedway, uh, their Arkham Menards East Series event that was scheduled for Saturday, May 16th, has been uh, has been uh, canceled. Um, that was for Saturday, May 16th. Yep, they, they postponed that. They've not announced a reschedule date. Uh, they have to look at the schedule and see what other events they're going to have to change on the Menard Series East as well. Uh, but because of that, they have moved the Friday night Flat Rock show on May 15th back to Saturday, May 16th. So uh, that's as far as we are for that event. And the new opener now for the Toledo Speedway is now scheduled for May 29th, which in, which includes their popular school bus figure eight event. So well, and you mentioned this, you mentioned that popular event. I think it's important too to remember that there are still some blockbuster events on both of those schedules here for 2020 as of right now. Yeah, they've only uh, they've only done it just through the first couple of weeks of May. So uh, I'm sure they're you know they're not making any decisions any further than you know, what the stay-at-home orders are either in Ohio or in the state of Michigan. Um, We'll have to just keep an eye on that. Uh, Do I think more schedule changes? Probably. I think more schedule changes are going to come, but that's all we have confirmed at this time. Well, we take a look at other tracks across the state, Rich, and we kind of jump over to the other side on this list that you've compiled. Great job on this, by the way. Uh, Berlin Raceway was set to actually have their uh, icebreaker event on Saturday, and Rich, I'm kind of looking at these events, and I'm looking at uh, you know trying to trying to keep my sanity and trying to keep myself going. Eh, you know, uh, how many events are we really going to lose through all this? Um, you look at the weather that we had on Friday leading into Saturday. Um, probably don't get that event in anyhow, the icebreaker. But as for Berlin, they've moved their tentative start date back to May 9th, uh, which will now be the rescheduled ninth annual icebreaker. As for working our way into the middle of the state, well, I guess it's still there on the west side. Kalamazoo Speedway has postponed all April events, and the rest of the schedule still currently in the revision state. No official opening date has been given yet. Galesburg and Auto City Speedways, they have a tentative opening date of May 23rd. Springport is now looking to open tentatively on May 2nd. And Rich, for some of these tracks, starting in May is not something that is out of the norm we take a look at Hartford, the uh, big old dirt track there on the west side of the state, Rich. They always start in May. They never start any earlier than May. So if we can kind of get things back on track here soon, maybe tracks like that and the other tracks that have to be forced to start in May don't lose as much time. Exactly. And that, that's the same thing with like Merritt Speed, you know, Merritt Speedway. Mike Blackmere, 
I don't think he was planning to start till May anyway. That sometimes they don't even have the snow off the ground by then up there, up by yeah. You raise a good point. Yeah, so you know, it, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, a lot of these northern Michigan tracks uh, aren't making a whole lot of announcements yet because the stay-at-home order does end on May first. Right. But uh, you know, like I said about some of the pavement tracks, I think it's just a matter of time that that all the schedules are going to be adjusted. They just have to wait for the official order. Well, and I think there are still some very big events that have a very good possibility of getting in this year. And uh, how about on the dirt side of things, Rich? The uh, Summer Nationals Hell Tour is coming to Michigan for three big stops this year, uh, including uh, Tri-City, Thunderbird, and a first-ever trip to the battlegrounds of Butler Motor Speedway. Um, that one is circled on, I know, a lot of dirt track fans, that three-race weekend that is going to be coming our way this summer. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that. Exactly. And, and what I think, to be honest, you know, what, what those, those events have going for them, Zach, um, if they do a partial opening of the counties, which I've heard could be happening, um, those are some awfully rural counties that really haven't taken a beating with this COVID-19. So they might be in the position to open up a lot sooner than let's say over on this side of the state near Flat Rock. Right. And and that is a a tough thing. I'm sure for you to have to say to that situation, Um, you know, and some other great events too, that we're looking forward to on the pavement side, Rich. Um, How about the events like the, uh, the Owasso nationals, and, oh, you know, by the way, that little thing called the Hot Shoe, uh, those are some events that people are still looking forward to as well. Hot Shoe, I think, really has probably the best chance of not being delayed or missed because you can't go any further up north than that, and everything <laughs> is really quiet when you get across the bridge. So, uh, you know, I and right now I even heard there's sheriffs up there that aren't even paying attention to the orders right now. Well, it's, yeah. it's so quiet up there. That's a whole other story. Right. But, uh, but uh, no, I think I think the hot shoe probably is pretty realistic. I think they got a pretty good shot of getting that in in 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know that that's the good thing that the silver lining is there are some really great events that still have a really good chance of running this year. Uh, Rich, anything else that you've got circled on your calendar that we haven't hit on yet that that still has uh, a really good chance of going this year? Um, I, I think I don't think any events. Be- uh, specific Zach, but I think if, if you're if you're looking for anything, um, July or after probably have a lot better chance uh, than anything anything that's big in May or June. Now, if it's a big event, they're going to move it back. Um, they're not just going to cancel it. I would think unless unless they really have a working relationship with other tracks and they don't want to step on anybody's toes, which which I know promoters really try not to do. Right. Um, but as long as they can get it in, they'll move it back. And and we. You know, if we can get something going uh, one way or another, I think we should be able to see some kind of racing uh, in our area July and August. And, uh, you know, I I believe that maybe you are having the more, um, I don't know how to say, I think we'll get back to the racing here within May. But that's just me, um, and and we agree to disagree on that one. I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, you young guys got a whole lot better. You're you're a lot more optimistic. I've been through a lot, and uh, that's true. You know, I, I want to see everybody back out there. Gosh, wouldn't it be great to just right. have them say, "Yeah, let's open up, let's open up, and we'll uh, we'll kick out, let's kick off all our racetracks on Memorial Day." That'd be a great day to do it. Yeah, uh, open everything back up. Um, 
I just don't think it's realistic. I, do I wish it would happen? Right. 100%. I just don't think it's in the cards with whatever we got going. Our numbers are coming down here in the state of Michigan in terms of COVID-19. I'm really liking what I've seen the last week, but that's just going to get us to phase one. And phase one does not include racetracks opening. So uh, we're going to we're going to get there. It's just going to take a little time. Well, we'll work towards it for sure. So, uh, well, cool. That's kind of what's going on around the state. Uh, you know, if you have an update, a schedule update that you think is really cool and we need to know about it, let us know. Contact us on Facebook or uh, however you want to do that, and we'll uh, be sure to pass that along. We have to take a break. When we come back, our featured interview for the night, talking about a guy that's seen a lot. Well, he's seen it all measured in frames per second. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking with High Vista Video Productions' very own uh, Mr. Jeff coming up on the other side, and uh, man, he's going to have some really cool stories. Don't go anywhere. Looking to solve a suspension issue on your current vehicle? Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, Suspension Max has been serving the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers since 2002 and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. To learn more about what they can do for you, give them a call at 1-888-629-9220 or go to suspensionmax.com. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. Hey race fans, this is Scott Menlin, president of Motor City Racing Promotions. I'd just like to take a moment to thank everyone in our strong racing community, those who are doing our part, staying apart. Practicing social distancing is essential to our success in the fight against the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. I must especially thank our amazing healthcare providers and first responders, some of which are members of our incredible MCRP safety team who are out on the front line, around the clock, serving our community. Stay safe, race fans. We'll see you at a track soon. If you're searching for a weekly podcast that features local results, news, and insight, then your search stops with Horsepower Happenings. Every Monday night, Zach Heiser and Rich France break down the weekend motorsports, from NASCAR to the world of outlaws. Then they go over what's happening in the Great Lakes region. Plus, they sit down with industry professionals, including drivers, car owners, track promoters, and more. Find a complete broadcast schedule and more information at HorsepowerHappenings.com. And follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Tyler Roark, three-time Kalamazoo class champion, and you're listening to Horsepower Happening. Welcome back to Horsepower Happening. Zach Heiser, Rich France with you, and time for our featured interview uh, on the evening tonight. Jeff Converse has been behind the camera since about 1999, shooting uh, circle track racing from around the state and now around the country. He joins us on the phone tonight. Uh, Jeff, thanks for joining us on Horsepower Happenings. Hey, Zach. Uh, thanks for happening, uh, having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's it's a pleasure to get a chance to talk with you. And, uh, you know, I called you up today and, and you said, man, you guys must be low on the pole if you're trying to get a hold of me and talk to me. But, you know, we, we stop and we think about it, Jeff. Um, since 1999, you have been behind the camera. Talk to me about before the year 1999. Uh, how did you get involved in, in motorsports? And then what led you to pick up a camera and, and cover it? Well, I was, uh, uh, my dad was involved in racing for a long time, so uh, uh, so I've been a part of it for my whole life, basically. 
Uh, I grew up in California, Northern California. Uh, my dad was part of a sprint car team out there. Uh, so at an early age, like uh, early 80s, late 70s, um, I was already used to going to the races every weekend and, uh, you know, working on the car during the week. And that's just what you looked forward to was, was going to the next race the following weekend. Uh, so we moved to Michigan a little while after that. Um, you know, I kind of got out of it. I grew up, you know, did uh, teenage stuff. and uh, But then I, in the 90s, I kind of got back into it. And uh, I was living in Grand Rapids. I uh, went to an all-star race at I-96 Speedway. And uh, a buddy of mine now, Jeff Christensen, was shooting video for the all-stars. And uh, I was looking at that going, man, that's pretty cool. You know, he's filming these races. Uh, so during a break, I went and talked to him. And uh, like, yeah, how, how do you do this? I mean, what, how'd you get this job? <laughs> and uh, uh, he told me, you know, just basically get a nice camera, you know, uh, go to the local track, hone your craft, and, uh, you know, you work your way up. And uh, and after that, that's kind of what I did. I, I bought a decent camera, and in 99, I started to uh, uh, go to the races here in Michigan. I started with uh, Jerry Slade actually gave me my oh, first break. there you go. There's a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry was good to me, and I did uh, his auto value shows, which turned into the Great Lakes, the gloss shows, Great Lakes Outlaw Sprint Series shows the following year. Uh, and then after that, I, you know, I go to Butler, uh, to Hartford, uh, started doing a bunch of the sod shows, and uh, and and you know, started my, uh, like I said, honing my craft here in Michigan. Now, Jeff, usually when Zach and I catch up with you, it's uh, it's at a dirt track. Uh, you got to be chopping at the bit to get back out there. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a tough time right now for all of us. And, uh, you know, I'm just trying to stay positive and, you know, hopefully we can get back out there at some point, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's certainly a trying time for sure. Now you get to work a lot of different types of events, uh, sprint cars, midgets, late models. Um, are there certain types of events that you like to cover and are some more difficult, uh, for you to video than others? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh first of all, uh, <laughs> The Tulsa shootout is probably the most difficult race uh, that I shoot all year long because it's it's like three three and a half days of just wall to wall racing. Yeah. So uh, uh, so that's tough. Um, but as far as certain types of events, I'm a sprint car guy. I grew up with dirt sprint cars, uh, wing or non wing. I love them both. Um, so I'm a sprint car guy at heart. Uh, but because it's a business for me now, um, you know, I've become a late model fan. I like doing some of the pavement stuff. I've become a little more well rounded, but you know, I'm certainly a sprint car guy at heart. Well, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Tulsa, and uh, in doing the research for the show tonight, kind of looking at some of your pictures, you mentioned the the hours that it takes to put that show on. Um, talk about some of the stuff that you have to prepare for, because when we talk about hours, how long are you uh, essentially in one spot, whether it be a video platform or in the infield? I mean, how long are you committed to being behind that camera, for instance, when you're in Tulsa? Yeah, the shootout is, is unique because, I mean, it's literally all day long. It starts, uh, you know, at 9 a.m. and it goes till sometimes till midnight. And uh, and we have enough camera guys where we kind of rotate, but you're still shooting and working pretty much the whole time. Uh, so it's, you know, 12-plus hours on your feet. And uh, and after a while, it, you just you kind of become numb to it. And, uh, and and you just try to endure those three days or so and, and just try to try to power through it. It's a, it's tough. 
Are there anything that, uh, you know, maybe the general fan would go, man, I would not even think to bring that with me if I was going to be uh, in the infield in Tulsa. What what does your care package look like? What do you have to make sure that you bring with you down in the infield? Well, you want to bring a little snack or some drinks because uh, you might be stuck down there for a while without a break. So, <laughs> Good point. Uh, you know, you try, try to bring, uh, you know, maybe a sandwich or some snacks, a couple of waters uh, to get you by, but um, you know, like goggles, uh, you know, earbuds, simple things like that, that, uh, you know, that you may or may not need at some point. Now you talked about your career in, in, you know, starting kind of here in the Michigan region. Um, you have had an opportunity, Jeff, I think a rare opportunity, uh, that a lot of fans maybe didn't get a chance to see. And that's the evolution of some of these Michigan racetracks. And we go back and we look at your High Vista video productions on YouTube. And here over the past couple of weeks, you've been sharing some of those throwback videos with us. I'm going to specifically ask you about a couple of tracks uh, that you've seen change over the years. And I'm going to start with kind of two of the ones that uh, really either broke people's hearts or they were really glad to see it. And that was the reduction in size at Hartford and I-96 Speedway. Uh, talk to me about when you heard that was going to happen and what your initial reactions were. Yeah, that was uh, uh, that is a little traumatic, I think. It's a shame. Uh, uh, when I first started, um, you know, th- those were two of the prime tracks in Michigan. There was Hartford, I-96, and Butler. That was kind of the, uh, the trinity, if you will, of sure. dirt tracks in Michigan. And, uh, and they were all pretty big. Butler was a little smaller. Um, but, you know, both those tracks, I-96 and Hartford, had, had some great racing on the half miles. Um, you know, really, both of them did. Uh, I know, I understand the argument that it's, it's hard on equipment, it's hard on motors. Right. You know, some people don't like the speed, whatever. So I understand. I get that. Uh, but it's a shame because now there's no half miles in Michigan. And uh, I, I wish one of them would have at least stayed uh, 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 a half mile. You know, Hartford, I think they're still struggling a little bit with their, uh, you know, the turn three and four thing. It's just not quite really what it needs to be. Um, but I think they'll continue to work on that and get it right. But, you know, you still miss the old half miles. You know, Jeff, uh, most people don't realize that if, they, uh, if they're streaming a video, you know, with Dirt on Dirt, a major event, or they're on YouTube streaming, you know, getting their home fix for dirt racing, it's probably your work that they're watching it through. Um, how many events have you done? Do you think you've done uh, over the years since you got into this? Oh man, I've never, uh, never actually, you know, sat down and counted. But um, you know, I do it full time now. It, it's my job, and and you know, with the introduction of the pay per views and the streaming video, it's become a, a big deal and, and a lot of opportunity out there. Um, I probably, I don't know, I try to do a hundred shows a year. That's what? my goal. Wow. Oh, yeah, 100, 100 <laughs> gigs a year. Right, and that, that way I can justify doing it full-time. Yeah, man, I, I would never even think about the fact that that's probably the number that you would need to shoot for in order to make a living out of it. Right, and you factor in, you know, rainouts or cancellations, and I, I try to schedule, you know, 130 shows and uh, and hope we can get 100 in. So, uh, obviously, it's not going to happen this year. <laughs> now, uh, you know, Zach and I, we especially on the announcing side of things, you know, we'll go back and listen and, and critique our work, you know, try, we can listen to our show again and try to make ourselves better. Uh, do you do the same thing with the events that you work and are you tough on yourself? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Rich. Well, you know, we're all kind of our, our harshest critics. And, uh, you know, even though I've been doing this for 20 years, you know, every show I, you know, I come down on myself. It's like, Oh man, you missed that. Or you did that wrong. You could have done that better. So, uh, 
you know, you're always trying to improve no matter how many years you've been doing this. I've had some fun here, as a lot of people probably have, going back and watching your old videos and uh, watching these early 2000s and late 90s um, sprint car videos has been so much fun because, man, those cars look like they're out of control back in the early 2000s. <laughs> um, what has it been like for you? to watch that class evolve and uh you know the speeds are getting higher and higher and the safety's right there along with it thankfully um how's that been for you as a sprint car fan to watch well i i think when you're uh when you're doing it you know every weekend year after year you don't really notice it as much sure but but yeah now that i go back and i look at some of these videos from you know 15 or 20 years ago uh yeah things look a lot different uh the cars weren't near as locked down it seems like uh, they, they were a lot looser. I don't know if that's the tires or the wings or whatever. Um, safety obviously has come a long ways and, uh, and that's a good thing. Um, but, but yeah, it's funny to look at them because they just look different. You know, they drive a little different. So, uh, it's cool to go back and look at that old stuff. Talk to me about, uh, you know, where racing is right now in your opinion. Um, you know, as far as being in the business side of things, um, you've seen us come through, the uh, 9-11 situation in 2001, and you've seen us come through the economic crash of 2008-2009, and um, you know now we're dealing with this COVID-19 situation. What, what do you think is going to come of this as far as, all, I guess, our job securities go and the racing industry as a whole? Do you think that this is something we can bounce back from? Well, I, I think, you know, we can. Obviously, you know, I think the racing industry can come back and we're capable um i just hope that we're allowed to um you know without getting into it too much it, you know there's some overreach going on and i hope they you know loosen up and let us do our thing uh but yeah this is something that none of us have ever been through before so uh uh it's hard to say uh what's going to come of it um you know 2008 ish when we had the uh you know the, the economic problems and um that was a tough time for me personally because the streaming, the pay-per-views weren't going on. YouTube was pop becoming popular, so there really wasn't any money in going to a racetrack and shooting video. And was this uh, right about the time that you were trying to go and make this uh, your, your full-time uh, you know, full-time gig? Well, yeah, that was yeah probably about 2010, okay. 9, 10. Yeah, I started doing it full-time. Um, so, yeah, there just wasn't really the opportunity there. So, and, and, you know, gas was expensive. It was a really tough time to get out and travel around to the races. Um, but, you know, I'm glad I stuck it out. And, and like I said earlier, with, uh, with all the streaming now, all the companies, and, and it's just, just skyrocketed in popularity now. So um, it's certainly a viable uh, product now, and I think we are capable of getting back to it. I just, I just hope we're allowed to. Now, Jeff, uh, you know, Zach and I, you know, we feel comfortable at a racetrack with a microphone in our hands. Uh, but we have the outlet on our, you know, on our podcast here at Horsepower Happening. So we get our, we still get to talk racing every week. Um, what are you looking at realistically? What's on your schedule that uh, that hasn't been canceled yet that uh, you're hoping you can get in? Uh, my plans this year were uh, to do a lot of the all-star races. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Flow Sports has, uh, has gotten the rights to their video, so... Uh, I work with the guys at Flow now, and and uh, you know really had a a, a pretty good schedule uh, set, and and we had some things going on, and um, I'm still hoping to do that. I don't know when it's going to happen, but as of right now, that's still my plan. Um, I'm also working with uh, you know Barry with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, 
uh, you know, I try to keep my, you know, one foot in my, the local stuff because this is where I started. And, uh, and I think Barry's got a good thing going with, with those guys with the 360 series. So hoping to do some work for them, maybe stream a couple of their shows. And, uh, and then, you know, I'll hit and miss a couple, couple other shows here and there, but mainly the All-Stars. As we uh, kind of go toward the end of your uh, your interview here, Jeff, you have seen some of the coolest places, um, including, I think, one track that has got to be on everybody's bucket list. And uh, people are probably thinking, oh, he's going he's gonna to go Eldora. No, I'm going to go top of the guardrail fence uh, at uh, Knoxville. Man, that looks like a great spot to watch some racing from. But where is your favorite track to go to and set up the, set up the tripod? Oh man, that that's a that's a tough question because there's so many. Uh, and to your point, yeah, shooting in Knoxville and, and shooting anywhere where you're outside the track and the cars are coming at you uh, is an awesome shot. And you know, being part of the Knoxville Nationals is really special. I really appreciate that. Uh, but as far as uh, preferences, uh, I'm a fan of the, of the bull rings. I love the short little tracks. Uh, you know, Lima Land, uh, places like that that are just bull ring and tight action. To me, to, to set up and shoot those races is a thrill because it's just so exciting. There's so much stuff going sure. on. Sure. Yeah, you spend some time down at Kokomo? Kokomo, absolutely. One of, if I had to pick one track, it might be Kokomo. <laughs> I of, wondered if I could get you yeah. to say that. You know, they put on a great non-wing sprint car show down there right in, in, in Gas City. I mean, you start talking yep. about racetracks in Indiana, and uh, you start talking about sprint car racing, man, we could, we could be here a while. Absolutely. Kokomo, Gas City are fantastic. And, and the cool thing is, is that... Pretty much anything that races there is good. The non-wing yeah. sprints, of course, are great, but the wing sprints, the modified, even the stock cars put on a good show there. All right, Jeff, as we wrap up, talk to me about High Vista, uh, you know, specifically. You're in an interesting situation where you're not just a freelance photographer who does this full-time. Um, what What is the business side, uh, you know, what is that High Vista name for? Is there a way that people can contact you to buy clips or, or, or hire you through High Vista? Talk to me about the business side a little bit. Sure. Well, High Vista Video was uh, was just the name of the business I created back in 98, 99, um, you know, to give my myself a name. And, and I still I still am High Vista Video. That's why I have all those old videos. Uh, but as of recently, the last, I don't know, seven, eight years or whatever, um, I'm hired out most of the time. You know, I'm a contractor, so I'm hired to work for different companies. So the High Vista thing, I haven't really done much with it lately. Uh, so this, uh, this shutdown has kind of given me a chance to go back and, and dig through that old stuff and post it, which is cool. Um, but yeah, people can contact me. I'm on social media. I'm still high Vista video. Uh, so they can contact me different ways that way. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically a, a camera for hire these days. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, Jeff, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. you got a great story. And as Rich alluded to, we, we love catching up with you at the racetrack. And as you alluded to, Hopefully that's something that we'll be able to do again very, very soon. Um, and so I believe we will. I believe we'll be able to get back to the track soon. So with that, have a uh, successful 2020. All right. Uh, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Appreciate Jeff uh, taking the time to chat with us. And uh, you know what, Rich? Uh, you know, there's another guy, just like we tried to say, being a little, being optimistic about it, uh, you know, and not to throw you under the bus, right? We know everyone wants to get back to the track, but uh, we got to do what we can right now um, to, to try to stay healthy, to make sure that these numbers reflect what the people in charge want them to reflect so that we can get back to the track as soon as possible. We'll get there, you know, and it was great, great talking to Jeff. You know, he does great work, and, and you and you watch some of these videos, and, and that is really hard to do. We think, 
getting up there and calling a race is difficult. Man, it's so easy to miss something, and he has to have the sense of what he's looking for to catch on video, knowing what cars to watch. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, we, we know what cars to watch. We're watching the lead. Right. But, uh, but he, he could miss something that's really big, and he's so good at what he does. I'm glad he came out and talked to us for well, usually at this part of the show, we'd reflect on what is coming up in the schedule. And, Rich, there were some things that were supposed to be coming up this weekend in Michigan. But likewise, don't forget, South Dakota going to be putting on that uh, race at Park Jefferson as well. Exactly. And, and we I don't know if we got it into our segment, but uh, Thunderbird Raceway did announce this week that they are can- canceling their Saturday, April 25th show. Uh, their next event on their schedule looks like they're going to go week by week may 2nd all right well uh, i do want to take a second here and uh, thank everyone who participated in the sixth annual hillsdale county motorsports show uh on yesterday sunday on sunday the virtual show went very very well uh all the proceeds that we raised benefiting child abuse prevention and awareness and uh, i'm thrilled to announce that we raised uh, over $650 uh, yesterday through our efforts, which, uh, considering everything that's going on, Rich, very, very happy to be able to make that donation. I uh, I saw that post. I shared it a couple of times back to try to help you out. Um, still, I think that's a great thing that you do. You don't have to do that. Right. You take it upon yourself. Uh, good job. Kudos to you uh, for, you know, anything for the kids is a positive thing. And you take this thing and you run with it. Congratulations. Great job. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone who helped make that possible. Thanks to you for listening and supporting the motorsports community. That's what it's all about. That's what we got to do is support one another through these times. For Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Again, thanking you for listening. Be here next week. Same time, same place. Horsepowerhappenings.com. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.